it to unfold, but I got some humor for you, all right? So here it is. An elderly man on a moped, he's looking about 90 years of age, and he pulls up next to a doctor at a street light. And so the old man looks at the sleek, nice, red, shiny car and says, What kind of car you got there, Sonny? And the doctor replies, he said, it's a Ferrari GTO. He said, it cost me a half a million dollars. And he said, man, that's a lot of money. Why did it cost so much? He said, well, because, he said, this car can go up to 220 miles an hour. So the moped driver says, hey, Sonny, he said, you mind if I take a look inside that pretty car? So he, he says, sure, man, go ahead. So the old man ducks in, puts his head in the car, looks around, and then, he, you know, he... Uh, he says, well, he says, man, that's nice. Yeah, that's really nice. He said, but I think I'm going to just stick with my moped. And so just then the light changes and the doctor decides, man, I'm going to show this old man what this car can do. But he just puts the pedal to the metal and he's at like 150, man, within seconds. And then suddenly he notices there's a dot in his rear view mirror. And uh, it seems to be getting closer. And so he slows down to see what it could be. And suddenly just whoosh. Something whips right by him going much faster than he thought. My Lord, what on earth could be going faster than my Ferrari? And so he presses harder and the accelerator and takes the Ferrari up to 180 miles an hour. And then up ahead of him, he sees the old man on the moped. <laughs> Amazed that the moped could pass up his Ferrari, he gives it more gas. Until now he's at 200 miles an hour and he's feeling pretty good until again he sees in his rear view mirror the old man gaining on him again. Astounded by the speed of this old guy, he floors the gas pedal and takes the Ferrari all the way up to 220 miles an hour. Not 10 seconds later, he sees the moped bearing down on him again and the Ferrari is flat out and there's nothing he can do. And suddenly the moped plows into the back of the Ferrari, demolishing the rear end, and the doctor stops and he jumps out, unbelievable that the old man is still alive, and he runs up to the banged up old guy and says, I'm a doctor, is there anything I can do for you? And the old man whispers, please unhook my suspenders from your side view mirror. <laughs> some people send me stuff like that in this church. Can you believe they send me that kind of stuff? And then can you believe I'm crazy enough to get up and say it? <laughs> that is funny. I love the Lord. I love to be in his house and I love to enjoy good laughter with God's people. Can you say amen? Well, it's really good to see all of you. Uh, pray for Sister Janet. Just Lift her up in prayer. Remember Sister Hennigan and remember Jackie and uh, Sister Debbie Bankin um, all had a rough go of this. But you know what? The Lord's going to see us through. God's still on the throne and we're going to get through all of this mess. And I, I believe God's got great things in store for TPC as a collective body and for you as individuals. And I'm excited about what God is doing. And I will tell you that on Wednesday nights, uh, Brother Ascraft has just been phenomenal. It's been incredible. 
And so he told me, he said, Wayne, he said, I apologize. I told you that I could be with you this Wednesday night. He said, but I had totally forgot. I already made a commitment to a guy in Houston. I said, well, go do that and then come back next Wednesday night. So uh, you, you're probably going to be stuck with me this Wednesday night, but Lord help us. We'll do our best. But I am excited about the work of the Lord. I'm excited about what God is doing. I appreciate each and every one of you that... Uh, Everything that you do to make these services happen and the way that you serve, thank you from the fullness of my heart. Are you ready to go into the word of the Lord? All right, let's go. Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to look, start looking at verse 15. And again, as I've often told you, I'm in a study in the ESV Bible, so that's what you're getting for now. I love the King James, but here is the ESV. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise. Verse 16, make the best use of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. How many know that's true? Amen. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 18, and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery. So the word debauchery just simply means immoral. So He's saying that's immoral. Don't be drunk with wine. That's immoral. Don't do that. But be filled with the Spirit. We've been doing this whole month on walking in the Spirit. Today we're going to do part four of that. I'm just going to title it a little different. We're going to talk about being filled with the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit. And I can tell you as times get worse and as things get more difficult, we are not going to be able to do this without being full of the Spirit. Can I get a witness? Let's all tell the Lord now we're going to receive His Word. Can we, Father, for the next few minutes, we're going to receive Your Word. We're here in body. We want to be here in mind and in spirit. Now, for the next few minutes, God, would you help us to forget about, Lord, what we need to do today and what's coming up this this coming week. And just be here to receive, to be encouraged by the word of the Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say, Amen. Are you ready? Let's go. You can be seated. How many understand that God does not form something that he does not feel, right? So God formed the sea, and then what did he do? He filled it with fish, right? God formed the sky, and then he filled it with the fowl of the air. God formed the earth, and then he filled it with fruit and vegetation. And then God formed man, and God breathed into man, And he became a living soul. Now, when the first time you were born, you were born of a natural birth, right? And you have a spirit, but that spirit is what keeps you alive, but it is unregenerated. So what the Holy Spirit does is when you are born again, the Holy Spirit fills you with God's Spirit and regenerates your nature and He gives you God's nature in your fleshly body. So in other words, your fleshly body is the form, but the divine Spirit is what fills it. And this is why we must be filled with the Spirit. 
Now, we're going to be filled with something. I, I need you here this morning. I said we're going to be filled with something. Either we're going to be filled with the Spirit or we're going to be full of ourselves. And self-like stuff. So if we're full of self, self-like stuff, and self-like possessions, self-like power, self-like prestige, self-like uh, property, and there's nothing wrong with any of that as long as that's not your main pursuit. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then these other things will be added unto you. Now, if we're filled with the Spirit, then God's Spirit changes us. Right? It changes us. Paul says this. This is 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. It says that all things are passed away. And behold, what? All things become new. What is that talking about? When you get the Holy Spirit and you, you're, you're kind of bald like me, if you get the Holy Spirit and you're bald, you don't suddenly just grow hair. Too bad, right? Like, if you're, if you're kind of, you know, on the shorter side, all of a sudden you just don't grow, you know, a, a foot. So that's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about that your physical body is becoming new. It's talking that your spirit now becomes new. All things become new. What do you mean, Pastor? In other words, our nature as our human flesh, it takes us down. It likes to go to the mud. But when you get the power of the Holy Spirit, it wants to lift you up. It wants you to soar. It wants you to focus on the things of the Spirit, not on the things that are temporal. Does that make sense? Now, being filled with the Spirit... Just like being born again, that was an event. And everybody clapped and everybody was excited and oh, this baby is born. That's an event. And like being born again is an event. How many remember when you were born again? Let me see your hand. I do. I remember I was eight years of age. I was in a small, small town in East Texas on a Sunday morning. I know exactly where I was at. I could take you right back to the church, right back to the spot of when I was born again. And I was so excited, I called all of my aunts and uncles and told them, you know, that I got born again. I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was so elated about that. But listen, that is an event. Right? I don't believe that we have to be born again, 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 again. That's not Bible. I was born once in the flesh. I was born once in the Spirit. But there are things that I do to keep my spirit full just as there's things that I do to keep my stomach full. Right? And so even though being born again is an event, walking in the spirit is a process. You and I probably every day that we're home... We walk out of our bedroom and we walk into the kitchen. Why? Because every day, even when we're fasting, we're going to drink something. We're going to put something into our bodies. Now, if you're doing a water fast only, then all you're putting in is water, of course. But every day, we are filling ourselves. Why? We need that water and we need the food so that we can have energy to walk. Does that make sense? 
And so here's what I know, brothers and sisters. You're either going to fill yourself up with wine, the things of the flesh. And by the way, this is just sparkling cider. Don't y'all freak out. Pastor's not drinking. Hey. <laughs> sparkling cider. Well, why do you have that sparkling cider? Well, you know, we do New Year's and stuff like that, special events, and we just forgot to do it this year. So the bottle was there, but just didn't do it. But he says, don't be filled with wine, right? Wherein is excess, that's debauchery, that's immoral, but be filled with the Spirit. Because you're going to fill yourself with something. When you walk into that kitchen, you decide how much you want to drink and how much you want to eat. That's your choice. You decide that. This bottle don't say drink me. You're going to drink me today. I'm going to force you to drink today. It doesn't do that. And neither does God come in and pounds your door down and says, I am going to be with you today. No, you have to make a conscious choice. Either today I'm going to drink the things of the flesh and try to satisfy myself with the things of the flesh or my, I'm going to try to satisfy myself with things of the spirit. And how much I drink depends on how much I want. Come on now. This is called walking in the Spirit. If I want to walk in the flesh, i got to fill myself with something. i got to have the energy to walk. If I'm going to walk in the Spirit, i got to fill myself with something in order to walk in the energy of that. Does that make sense? Now, here's, here's what Paul says in Ephesians 3 and 19. It says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. God wants you to be full of Him. And you say, well, what does, that, what does that mean? That means that God has moved into our mind. It means that God has moved into our emotions. It means that God has moved into my will. It means that God has moved into my thoughts, into my knowledge, into my comprehension, into my memory. It means that I want to be filled with the fullness of God. So that when thoughts come into my head and they're not good thoughts, then you know what I do? I cast them down. Why? Because I don't want to drink that. I don't want to eat that fruit. Devil, you're a liar. I say it all the time. I wish I could get up here and tell you that I just, man, I just buzz right through my day. But the fact of the matter is, is the enemy's got a target on my back just like he's got it on yours. And thoughts are spiritual, brothers and sisters. And we have to guard our thoughts. And you may actually hear me walking and saying, devil, you're a liar. Why are you saying that? Because the devil putting a thought in my mind. I want to cast that down. Why? Because I don't want to fill my life with that mess. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now for the next few minutes, I may sound a little harsh. I may sound like that, you know, I'm trying to condemn us. I have promised to God that's never my intent. I am not here to try to condemn. I always want to preach the truth in love. But for the next couple minutes, I want to challenge us. Will you allow me to do that? Now, we know according to Scripture that Jesus did not start any of His miracles until He was filled with, the Bible says, the Holy Ghost. He was filled with the Spirit. Do you all agree? And in, in case you want to look that up, that's Luke 4 and 1. Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost before He began to do any miracle. 
So here is my thoughts on that. If Jesus couldn't, or should I say, wouldn't operate without being full of the Holy Spirit, then why should we try it? Come on now. Now, as Christians, we can't have an effective ministry or an effective life without the power of the Holy Spirit working and living in us and through us. You say, how do you know? Because the scripture is full of the proofs. Here's what it says. It's not by might. It's not by might. And it's not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. That's in Zechariah, I believe, 4 and 6. So the sad truth of denying the ministry and the operation and the power of the Holy Spirit can be convenient theology for a lot of people. You say, what do you mean by that? Believing in miracles and believing in the gifts of the Spirit and believing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, it gives a lot of people an excuse not to operate in it because here's what they say. They say that, you know, the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit died with the apostles. Now listen, I'm not here to cross swords with you, but here is what I'm just, I want, I want to challenge you, okay? The apostles die. Yes, men die, women die, we all die, but spirits don't die. And it didn't say it was the gifts of the apostles or the gifts of men. It said it's the gifts of the Spirit. It said it is the Holy Spirit. That's why when you die, your flesh goes back to dust, but your spirit goes back to God, which created it. Your spirit doesn't die. So, so brothers and sisters, if, if that was true, that the Holy Spirit is still willing to move in biblical times and that the Holy Spirit is not for us today, then we might all want to just go home because we're all believing a lie. Or, did that just make sense? The, the same Holy Spirit that the, that the 120 received on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Spirit that we receive today. It has not died. Now again, I'm, I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to challenge us. But I believe that the number one reason people resist the ministry of the Holy Spirit is because it exposes a lack of power in our lives. And once that is exposed, then it demands a change. Either God is on the throne and the Spirit is still working or it's not. It's one or the other. But it's not both. And then if we get up here and we profess signs and miracles and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit and we're not seeing it, then what we can do is we can try to change the Scriptures to match our experience. And I'm just saying we don't need to change the scriptures to try to match our experience. We need to ask God. God, show us what is going on with us so we can have the Acts 2 experience. Can I get a witness? Come on, somebody. It's not about us changing the theology of this truth and of the scriptures to get it to be in alignment with us. We got to get in alignment with the scripture. Now, my mama passed away at the tender age of 57 with bone cancer. I, we prayed. Our church went on fast, numerous fast. Men all over the country prayed, and yet she wasn't healed. Here is the deal. I do not believe for one minute that it was God's will for my mom to die. I don't. 
I don't. Why? Because the Bible gives us a promise of 70 years. And if we've got good strength, we can live 80. Now, is my mama saved? Sure she is. Is she in the presence of God? Yes. But was that God's will? I don't believe it was. You say, why? Because there are so many times God's will doesn't happen every day. God wills for every man and woman to be saved. Is every man and woman going to be saved? No. That's not what God wants, but we have a choice in the matter. Do you believe that God wants to heal us? I do. Why would God go to the cross, 1 Peter 2 and 24, by His stripes ye were, past tense, healed. He's already done it. He's already accomplished it. It's already yours. Then why would He purchase that and then not want you to have it? Now, is everyone healed? No. Do I know all the reasons for that? I wish I did. I don't. But the deal is, I still believe that God wanted to heal my mother. She should have lived to be at least 70. I still believe in the power of healing. I still believe in the Word of God. Just because that's not my experience doesn't mean that the Word of God is of none effect. Does that make sense? So now what I got to do is I got to examine myself and say, Lord, why am I not walking in the fullness of what you want? I know you're still on the throne. And so you know what I'm doing? I'm going back and I'm saying, God, I want to be full. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. Now, can I keep preaching? In an attempt to avoid responsibility for change, we change the Scripture instead of changing ourselves. For example, now it's politically correct. Y'all hang on. I'm not here to offend you, but y'all know it's the truth. It's correct now to say that alcoholics are not responsible for their actions. Do y'all know I'm not making this up, but there's actually been large people that went back and have sued fast food chains and said they're the reason for their obesity? That's the truth. There's a thought now that says, you know what, you're born a certain way. I don't believe that. I do not believe that people are born in an alternative lifestyle. I believe you make a choice. And we can blame that on whatever we want to blame that on. I believe it is a choice, brothers and sisters. It is a choice how much food you put in your mouth. It is a choice of how much you drink and what you eat and what you decide to do and how much you decide to pray and how much you decide to walk in the Spirit. That's not God's choice. That's our choice. Can I get a witness? See, no one wants to admit that their lives are the results of their choices and their actions. It's appealing to think that someone else is at fault for our messed up lives. And sadly, the lack of personal responsibility is not only in the world, it's crept up into the church. And this goes all the way back to Adam because Adam says, you know what, Lord, it's Eve that made me do this. He passed the blame on to Eve. But notice, keep reading in the scripture. God says, you know what, Adam? I ain't taking that. I'm going to hold you responsible for what you did. And God judged him for his sin and he caused Adam and Eve to have to leave the garden. 
God is going to hold us accountable. We can blame the preacher. We can blame our ex-husband. We can blame our ex-wife. We can blame our crazy kids. We can blame our stupid boss. We can blame whatever we want to. But when you're blaming, you're being lame. You're not taking responsibility. And I have to just come to the fact that I am not getting what I want because somewhere I need to get into alignment with what God wants. And when I seek the Lord with all of my heart, His Word says that he shall be found. When I decide I'm not drinking no, no more of this, I'm going to drink this, then I believe something positive will transpire. Now, let's go back to our text. It says this in verse 18. It says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. That's immoral. But be filled with the Spirit. Now, okay, I want to let you know right now that I'm going to use some analogies about smoking and drinking, but I'm not here picking on anyone. Okay? I promise I'm not here picking on anyone. But what does wine, what does wine and the Holy Spirit have to do with one another? Because they're, they're compared in Scripture. And in fact, when you go, I believe it is to Acts 2, uh, it talks about uh, on the day of Pentecost, it says that these are full of new wine. So wine and the Holy Spirit are uh, juxtaposed or compared a lot to one another. Why is that? Because alcohol, which again, this is not <laughs> typology. Okay? Wine and the Spirit are both entities that when they're internalized, influence behavior. Can I say it again? That when you internalize this, you get one response. When you internalize this, you get another response. See, that's what it does. Alcohol leads to greater enslavement. That's what it does. It takes you to the mud. Come on, somebody. Not the first time, not the second time, but you stay with this long enough, you're going to the mud. You're going to find yourself in the pen. Come on. Yes, you will. I ain't talking about the first drink, second drink, third drink. I ain't even talking about maybe the first year. But you keep on, it's going to take you down. Yes, it will. Y'all know that. Right? That's where it's going to take you. It's going to take you down. Right? So it leads to greater enslavement. While the Spirit, you keep drinking this, and you're going to find yourself finding more freedom. Oh, boy, I'm walking in some peace I ain't never had. My Lord, I feel some joy I ain't never felt. I don't even know why I love that crazy person, but I just love that crazy person. I just love them. There's just something in my heart that loves them. I'm going to tell you why. You know why? Because you got off of this, and you got onto this. You started, you started getting yourself full of the Spirit. And people that you couldn't even love before. Now suddenly, I don't even know why I love you. Because you're a crazy thing. You're crazy. You done lost your mind. But I love you. I'm going to tell you why. Because that's the work of the Spirit. Because you can't do that in your flesh. Because your flesh will knock them out. You stay on this, you're going to knock them out. You get on this, you're going to love them. There's your difference. Isn't that the truth? Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. Now, what does Satan do? Satan uses alcohol to control us. God uses the Spirit to empower us. He wants you to be empowered. Over what? Over self. Because if I, if I tune into self, this is where I go. If I tune into the Spirit, this is where I go. So, so the power of God empowers me over what? Over self. Over sickness. Over Satan. That's what he empowers me over. Right? Okay. Now, can I keep going? Now, here's the deal. I just found out something. The word field, I thought the word field in, in this text really meant like filling a cup. 
you fill a cup. But I, I, through study, I learned that's not what he's talking about. It's like filling a sail on a sailboat. And you say, now why is that important? Because this is the work of the Spirit. See, it, it, the Spirit is like wanting to fill your sail. And you say, what do you mean? Well, when the, when the wind fills your sail and you're walking by the Spirit, you say, oh, I think I need to go over here. Because this is where the Spirit's blowing. See, this is why it's so important for Kaylee and her team and all of these musicians to be praying so that they can find the will of God for this service. Let, let me give you an example. Last week I was listening to a song by C.C. Winan and I was on my little prayer circle and I had my earbuds in and it's saying, uh, we believe, um, you know, break the unbreakable. Uh, what is that song? Kaylee, help me. Break the unbreakable. Do the unstoppable, whatever. We believe. Okay, here's the point. I have my earbuds in. I'm walking. I am crying. I am walking down my little path. I am weeping. I am crying unashamedly. You don't care, people. Coming by the road honking. I just wait. You know why? Because the Spirit was moving me during that song. You know what I'm talking about? Boy, I had a good old prayer meeting too. I put I put CC in uh, yesterday and walk ain't nothing, no tear, didn't feel nothing, didn't cry, didn't lift my hands, didn't have a great prayer meeting like I did the other day. You know why? Cause God done moved on. Now here's the sail. I got to find out which way the wind's blowing. Where's the spirit moving today? Cause it wasn't moving in CC song. It moved last week in CC song. Right? That's why last Sunday we could sing a song and man, heaven come down. This Sunday we sing it, nothing. What is the Spirit? The Spirit is the wind. And the wind will move wherever it wants to. And you got to be willing to catch it. I may stop right here and not go any further than this. This is what I'm talking about. If TPC is going to flow in the Spirit, then what we got to get beyond is we got three songs, we got a testimony, we got announcements, and then pastor's going to get up. If we, TPC, is going to flow in the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord may hit on the first song, and what we need to do is say, guess what, with the schedule. Out the door it goes because God wants to move among His people. And when the Spirit comes in, brothers and sisters. Come on, somebody lift up the Lord right now. I feel, I feel Him in this house. Come on. Would you? If you're a believer, come on and lift up His holy name. Yeah. There's been Wednesday nights that I felt... I just said, Sister Nelwyn, would you get up and testify? Sister Nelwyn got up and testified. We didn't even have any preaching that night. You know why? Because Sister Nelwyn was being led of the Spirit. She has the gift of exhortation and the people were blessed. I didn't need to get up and say anything else, right? This is what I want to instill in TPC. I don't like the fake. I don't like the phony. I don't like the fluff. I don't want the baloney. I don't want any of that. Okay? I'm not looking for that. I ain't going to come and breathe on you and see you fall out. I ain't into that. Now, if you fall out on your own, great. Okay? What do you say? Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Did the Spirit just come in? Have your way. Have your way. 
See, what, what are you saying, Pastor? Here's what I'm saying is that TPC, listen, I love organization, right? We're going to always have a plan when we come here. We're going to know what we're going to sing. I'm going to know what we're going to preach. Now, God has changed it at the very last minute, right? But that's the work of the Spirit. But I'm being prepared, okay? Are you with me? Here's what I am saying to you. That even though we are prepared, the Spirit can always take over because it has a work it wants to do. And when the Spirit does its work, as Brother Cameron said, God can do more in five minutes than we can do in a lifetime. And if we try to shut that down, we have just missed what God wants to do to empower you, to strengthen you, to heal you, to give you direction, to bless you. So you can come in here saying, dear God, man, I'm just so tired. And the spirit get a hold of you and you're like, let's go out to eat because I've just been strengthened. Man, I feel good. You can walk in here not feeling good and the spirit touch you and you walk out. You're just hugging everyone. I know because it's happened to me. That is the word of the Holy Spirit and we cannot shut that down come on somebody listen here's why that I, I want all of you to know that I have a lot of confidence in Brother Williams and at any time you need a prayer cloth you just go talk to Brother Williams and say, I need a prayer cloth and I need to agree with you before service, after service. And he will do that because guess what? I'm not the only one that can pray for you. I am not the only one that can pray for you. We have got to understand that everyone on these pews, you have a gift. Yes, you do. You have a gift. And when you operate in the spirit, you're not going to do it for show. Look at me. No, you're not. You know what? When you operate in the Spirit, it's okay if nobody sees you. Because you've just done what the Spirit wanted and you can walk away knowing I was used of God today. And that may just be to love on somebody. It may be to encourage somebody. It may be to make somebody a pot of soup. But when you use your gift, you don't need anybody else patting you on the back because heaven's patted you on the back. And when you get the applause of heaven, you don't need the applause of men. Why? Because I'm walking in the Spirit. Come on, somebody. I feel him on me right now. Come on. Lift him up. Come on, lift him up. See, this is why I, I've told Kaylee numerous times, Kaylee, I am not worried about perfection. I want to serve excellence, right? I want, I want to serve in excellence. I don't want to try three keys before we find the right one. We can do better than that. But I'm not looking for perfection. Let's serve in excellence, right? But more than that, let's flow with the Spirit. What does God want to do for his people today? And then this is why, can I preach? Let, let me tell you something. If a boxer comes into the gym five minutes before he is to go box, and he hadn't, he hadn't been doing jump ropes and training and all that for a good three months before he gets in that ring, something bad fixing to happen. Something bad fixing to happen. Are y'all with me? Now, don't misconstrue what I'm about to say. I believe in prayer rooms. I believe in praying before church. But listen, 
I done prayed all this week before I came here. I love a prayer room. I'm not against it. We're going to have a prayer room. But listen, if I come here and I'm five minutes before this thing is starting and that's all I've done during the week, woe is me and bless your heart. But you know what? I haven't been. I've been out there walking in my house, walking in my, in, my, in my house and walking on the black pavement and saying, Lord, I want to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to be sensitive today. Put me at the right place at the right time. Give me a word of encouragement, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Lord, let me lay hands on somebody. Hallelujah. And receive, oh God, what they need in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Let's walk in the Spirit. Let's be filled with the Spirit. Everybody in this house, would you stand? Come on and throw your hands up. Come on, tell God, God, I want to be filled. I want to be filled with the Spirit. There you go, Marilyn. Come on. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want our team to sing that second song that we sang. Okay, my brothers and sisters, your pastor who loves you very much, this is what I know. Either you're going to fill yourself with the things of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, or you're going to fill yourself with the things of the Spirit. And that's not God's choice. That's your choice. And it's not a matter of, God says, you drink an ounce. He doesn't tell you how much to drink. He says, when you seek Him with all of your heart, then He'll be found. God needs to do something for you that I can't do for you. Your neighbor can't do for you. But God can do it for you. He's in this room right now. How many of you want to be filled with the Spirit? Okay. I believe you do. You know how you can be filled? If you say, I want to be filled with the Spirit. But Pastor, I don't know how. I'm going to give you some instruction and then God's going to do something here for us. To be filled with the Spirit, here's three ways. Here's three ways that I hinder the Holy Spirit. Number one is my mouth. Things that I say. Death and life's in the power of the tongue, right? That's one way. So then I ask God, God, forgive me for things that I've said that haven't been wholesome, that haven't been like you. You wouldn't have said it like that. God, forgive me. I've sinned with my mouth. Here's another way I can sin with my mind, right? Because your body doesn't go where your mind hadn't already been, right? Your body doesn't go where your mind hadn't already been. You, you, you go to the bottle because your mind says you need the bottle. Right? So here's how I sin. I sin with my mind. And so then I go to the Lord and I say, God, would you forgive me of every thought that I have placed above you? And then the next way that I can sin is with my body. I can sin with my body. And then I come to Christ and I say, Lord, I've sinned with my body. I've done things with my body that I shouldn't have done. Would you forgive me? And when I repent over the sins of my mouth, the sins of my mind, and the sins of my body, now guess what? 
it allows now the Holy Spirit to come in. And then what I do is I just keep giving Him thanks and keep giving Him praise. Right? Because guess what? I don't want just a little sip. When I was probably 12, 13, or 14, I don't remember exactly, but I was in my dad's church. And as a teenager, I literally got drunk on the Holy Spirit. It's never happened to me before, and it's never happened to me since. But I'm going to tell you something. That's not what you need. He says, don't get drunk with that, because that'll take you down. But you can get full of this. And it will lift you up. I wonder right now, all over this building, if you would lift up your hands and if all of us together would just say, Father, forgive us. Forgive us for the sins, oh God, of our mouth. Come on, somebody. Now, I've been screaming at you. Come on, talk to God now. Come on, lift up your voice. Say, God, would you forgive me for the sins of my mouth? God, I've sinned with my mouth this week. I've said things that I shouldn't have said. I've, Lord, now, God, I've thought things that I shouldn't have thought. I've sinned with my mind. Come on. Come on. Let's talk to the Lord right now. I've, I've said things, God, and I've thought things. And maybe I've done things with my body, God, that I should not have done with my body. That it's just not pleasing to you, Lord. And God, I ask you with sincerity of heart, would you grant me repentance? Because, God, I don't want to be filled with myself. I don't want to be in the pen. I, Lord, want to soar in the Spirit. I want to be a blessing to my family. I want to be a blessing on my child. I want to be a blessing in my home. I want to be a blessing in my neighborhood. I want to be a blessing, oh God, wherever I go, I want to give something away. can't do that, Lord, if I'm not filled with the Spirit. Kaylee's going to start singing, and if you just meant what you prayed... I know we got to be careful with COVID. I get all that. But listen, if you want to be filled today as a sign of I want to be filled, I just want you to step out by faith. And I want you to come up to this front. I just want you to know that there's nothing better than the Lord. Come on, there's nothing better than Him. Watching online, join us in your home, in your bedroom, on your couch, wherever you're at. Come on, cry out to the Lord. I want to be filled with the Spirit.
Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now I want you to know that I love you. I love you deeply. I have prayed for this service. And I want more than cute church. I want the power of God to present himself. Now listen, if you got to go, I'm never going to be mad at you for going, okay? Never going to be mad at you. If you got to go, I understand. But for those of you that want to stay, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you have never spoke with tongues, then guess what? You can receive that today. You can have it. Right? Why did God tell the disciples? Now listen here, boys. Don't run off. You tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Right? Why? Because if Jesus needed to be filled with the Spirit to conduct His ministry, He knew that those men and women needed the Spirit to do what He was doing. Because we are His ambassadors. We are His representatives. In other words, we ought to be carrying on the ministry of Christ Jesus. Do you agree with that? But we can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you say, Pastor, I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, but I want it. What do I need to do? Say, God, forgive me of things that I've sinned with my mouth. God, forgive me with things I've sinned with my mind. Forgive me with things I've sinned with my body. Now, y'all listen to me just real quick. Do y'all believe that a cow has a moo and that's its language? Do y'all believe that a dog has a bark and that's its language? Do y'all believe that a lot of the animal life has a language that they communicate? The whale has a language, right? Do y'all believe that? Well, then what is wrong with heaven having its language? Right? What's wrong with heaven having its language? Now, there's going to come a day, ladies and gentlemen, that we will no longer need tongues. Tongues will cease. That's Bible. Why? Because now we have a glorified body and we're in the presence of God. But for right now, I speak with tongues. You don't hear me speaking in tongues a lot up here. I don't do that, but I speak with tongues a lot in my own personal prayer closet. Why? Because tongues stirs up the gifts that is within me. The Bible says, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because I can't do this in the flesh. So I got to make sure. Remember, every day I'm drinking something. Right? Every day you drink something. Every day, every one of us walk into our kitchen and we drink something. We decide what we're going to drink. We decide how much we're going to drink. Y'all agree? So now what I've got to decide is how much of the Spirit do I want? How much do I want of Him? How much do I want Him to control me? Okay? Now, if you need the baptism of the Spirit, all you got to do right now is we're going to do it together. Don't worry about what it sounds like. Okay? Heaven's language, don't worry about what it sounds like. Just let it, just let it start rolling right off of your tongue. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Why does He give us tongues? Now listen, I know this goes against Pentecostal theology, but it doesn't matter. It's the Bible. The Bible does not say tongue saves you. It doesn't. I'm sorry. Tongues is an evidence that you have been filled with the Spirit. It's an evidence to you. Right? It's an evidence to you. That's Bible. Okay? And that's what God wants. He wants you to know that I am filled with the Spirit. Okay? Make sense? Okay. Now, if you've been filled with the Spirit and that's not what you need, then while we're all just worshiping and lifting up our hands, 
I want you to ask the power of the Holy Spirit to heal you because we're in his presence. And, and Brother Ashcraft taught us it's presence and principle. It's both together, right? So now that we're in his presence, get the principle of 1 Peter 2 and 24. By his stripes ye were healed. Right? Okay. And then what I need is some of you elders going and just laying hands on people as a point of contact. Everybody understanding? Do we have instruction? All over this building. Raise up your hands right now and begin to talk to the Lord. Say, God, forgive me, Lord, with the sins of my mouth. Forgive me with the sins of my mind. And forgive me with the sins of my body. I want to be filled right now. Come on, right now. Let the language of heaven begin to run off of your lips. some prayer leaders helping me. I need some men and women looking around and touching somebody right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, young people. Be filled with the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let heaven's language roll off of your lips. There it is. I see it right there. is agreeing with people yeah I feel good about that in my spirit I don't know what my sister needs but here in just a minute I'm going to ask her and you know what I'm going to do I'm going to say Rebecca I'm going to agree with you in prayer about that because we're going to see God move in that situation hallelujah hallelujah I know uh, you know Kaylee worked for us and was our secretary so I know a little bit about her Kaylee's got some physical issues that are going on. I'm not praying for her anymore. I'm agreeing with her. Amen. 
I'm agreeing with her. Why? Because I do believe in this word that God wants us to walk in health. He wants us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Now, if I'm not getting it, I'm not blaming God. I'm going to just say, God, help me to get in alignment with this word right here. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Aren't you glad you came to the house of the Lord today? Again, I know it's COVID and I know we got to be careful. So you just operate at your level of comfort. But here's what I want you to do. Find somebody and just say, hey, what can I agree with you with? I don't need her to give me 10 minutes. I don't need her to give me the whole details. Just give me in a sentence. What do you need me to agree with you? sister Rebecca and then I'm going to agree with you and we're going to keep agreeing until we see the spirit move in that situation hallelujah does that make sense amen sister Kaylee would you sing it again and if you're willing and want to then turn to somebody and ask him how can I agree with you right now how can I agree with you God, you. 